everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mormon Talk. We're a couple episodes in arrears, as they say, Dave. Not in your rear. Uh, don't get too excited. I don't. So I am editing episodes we've recorded like a week or two ago and just releasing them as we release them. So if we mention news or whatever that's a week or two old, don't get mad at us. That's why we're just in arrears, which is better than not having enough episodes, right, Dave? Better than CNN. Uh, that's right. Huh. Yeah. Never thought of it that way. So this week, Poltergeist Heist. Same question, Dave. What the fuck are you guys talking about? Well, we'll explain. But first, Dave, let's delve a little bit into the LDS Church. LDS The first news I just can't resist. I have to let everybody know we have. Yes. I hope most of our listeners are sitting down when we reveal to you some grandiose news about our show here. We have paid massive amounts of money to a gentleman who's going to join us as our third DJ on the show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a third DJ. Yes, yes. His name is Mitchell Shiro! We had Hi, to, everyone. We had to tap into that $200 billion to pay this guy off. That's right. I cost a pretty penny. Yes. I would accept no less than $2 million. So uh, I'm making the big bucks now. That's right. That's right. That's right, man. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. The big bucks. <laughs> I'm only here for the money. <laughs> well, you are a true Mormon. Ah. That's well. No, I would be a Mormon leader, I guess, if I was only here for the money. Wait, yeah. Wait, if nice. I wanted to give money, then I would be a member. Did I miss something? Are you a member of the First Presidency now? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you not know that, <laughs> Gordon? Where did you come from? I had no idea you were here. Holy shit! Oh, whoops. Like oh, a- <laughs> throw myself out. <laughs> no, no, Gordon, don't leave. <laughs> you scared him away. Oh, He's shy sometimes. Yeah. Oh, he was like the Holy Ghost. He just came up behind me and, and surprised oh, me. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> yeah, we might be talking about the Holy Ghost, which the listeners, I think, anticipated because we've been talking about the first principles and ordinance of the uh, 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 you know, gospel. Somebody, mm-hmm. somebody's version of the gospel, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So there's faith, repentance, baptism. Last time, now the gift, not just the Holy Ghost, mind you, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we'll talk about that today. Mm-hmm. The celestial Casper. Yes. So that was our mm-hmm. first big news that Mitch is joining us. Thank you, Mitch. Thank uh, you for uh, yeah. including me. Yeah. And for paying me. I wouldn't yes. do it otherwise. Yeah. Of course. Uh, we. We appreciate you reminding us of that consistently already. Thanks, man. I will continue to remind you of that. Let's get a little into some interesting news here, guys. This is a letter to the Salt Lake Tribune. The LDS Church leaders give flawed mental health advice. Yes. How many times have I said this, Dave? Having having had no training in those areas at all. Mitch, you have a pained look on your face like you want to say something, and we just haven't paid you enough to say it. Uh, well, I'm glad you saw this pained look because uh, I agree. There's uh, 
a lot of a lot of the advice that the church gives in my experience is read the book of mormon and pray pray it away everyone pray yeah. it away don't forget fast fast a little more i Ooh, mean yes. the one day a month thing is for wimps you know if you're if you're really on track with the lord if you really want to make him smile Eh, fast a little extra. Send that money. Yeah. Send the fucking money guys, that you would have spent at McDonald's. I mean, at Wendy's. I mean, at, uh, hang on. Subway. Yeah, Subway. This reminded me of something. When you guys kept saying a little longer, a little longer, a little more, right? I don't know if you recall this. Um, no little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer. <laughs> stay close a little longer. Hold tight a little longer. I don't know, man. I had a girlfriend with the same request. Yeah, you know, night. anytime you put the words together, longer with big red, <laughs> I I don't know if it's just me that gets a little uncomfortable with that. It's some some I, some kind of canine reference there. I, <laughs> I just <laughs> let's let that one go and actually get to the news, shall we? <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so here it goes. Elder Ulysses Suarez's talk in General Conference was harmful to people who suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder, says Nicole Harlson. OCD is widely misunderstood. Many see it as a cleaning disorder or having to do with organizing M&Ms by color and that sort of thing. That's not what OCD is about. Although yeah. I would huh? interject and say that could be representative of mild OCD, right? Or, or whatever. OCD is about having terribly scary and or repulsive bad thoughts. Sufferers will do anything to get rid of the thoughts through compulsions. Compulsions cannot always be seen by others. Many times they take place in the mind. Okay, well, how does Elder Suarez's advice or whatever relate to this? Let's see. Elder Suarez said that allowing bad thoughts to stay makes us more likely to act on them. This belief is exactly why people with OCD feel they have to do compulsions. He told everyone mm. to respond to bad thoughts by saying, quote, no, or, quote, get thee hence, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And, and so this, how many this reminds degrees? me of Packer, dude. Packer okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let, oh my I'll just finish this little piece. It's actually pretty short, and she just nails it. This is a textbook textbook example of a compulsion. She says, "Proven treatment, on the other hand, requires learning to accept that stray thoughts will come, and if you let them go, they'll go. It requires practicing not responding to troubling thoughts at all." Elder Suarez promised that his technique will get rid of bad thoughts. For people with OCD, this is simply untrue and will only serve to make their very real anxiety disorder worse. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> the church leaders are right. How dare you even question their authority? Uh, so this is revelation, and you're, I, I don't know. I don't know where you're getting your sources, but it's bullshit. All the degrees that they've earned in these uh, various subjects. Wait, there are none. Oh, uh -oh. sorry. I, Whoops. Sorry to bring that up. There, there, there are none. Yeah. There is no training there oh shit sorry well and i brought this up i don't remember how long ago a couple episodes i thought dave where remember that advice and mitch i don't know if you recall hearing a talk or two with this too where one of the things the brethren would recommend is like think of a church song a church hymn mm -hmm. uh, yep. and that's your favorite I'm your hymn. favorite hymn yeah <laughs> and that's similarly 
actually bad advice because you end up associating the hymn with the bad thought. So you're in church a week later, whatever, they sing the song and you start thinking about porn or whatever you were trying not to think of. It's Mm. actually an associative fallacy that they create when you follow that bullshit advice. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. And that's all I have in the church news because the news Mm. that Mitch is joining us was so overwhelming that I could only do one more after that. Dave, let's jump to your segment if we can, but do you mind if I interject something in between the segments today? And let's be clear, interject something between the segments. No yeah, second, no, no second definition, reference no all. references there, please. Yeah, okay. Um, mm. Is it okay? So we're using Bednar's talk, one of the talks he gave. I say Bednar's talk. He's given, I don't know, hundreds. Uh, October 2010, as a reference for our discussion on the gift of the Holy Ghost today, it's called Receive the Holy Ghost. Bednar found out, so through the, I'm sure Mitch, you know, the existence of the committee called the Committee for the Welfare of the Saints. You've heard of this group. Mm -hmm. And they're essentially a spy network. (laughs) Basically trolls and watches and monitors other members online. And when they say something that isn't kosher, no pun intended with the Judaic reference there with the whatever. Anyway, Bednar found out through the committee, the committee that Holland doesn't know exists, by the way. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And he sent, Dave will recall this, Mitch, you, you're you just getting, you're going to get seasoned, as it were, in mm-hmm. some of the experiences we have on the show and what the brethren send to us to try to dissuade us and so forth. So... Bednar sent us a rap, Dave. You'll recall that they've done this in the past. Because oh, it's wow. kind of like try, they're trying, I think, to appeal to us and be like modern and, and cool. Yeah. Well, these guys are heathens. They'll, they'll understand. Yeah. Right. They're, they're, oh, let's be cool. Let's give them this message in a cool hip hop way. Right. Or something. And so mm. they send it to us that Makes way. Makes sense. And then there's a subliminal message. See if you guys can catch the subliminal message in this. It's, a, it's one minute, 36 seconds. So, pardon for the the length here, but here's what Bednar sent. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy, 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 Holy Ghost. Ghost, ghost. Brothers and sisters, the simplicity of this ordinance may cause us to overlook its significance. Significance. These, these, these four words Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Are not a passive pronouncement. Rather, they constitute a priesthood injunction. Priesthood injunction. Priesthood injunction. An authoritative admonition to act, 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 and not simply to be acted upon. As we receive this ordinance, each of us accepts a sacred and ongoing responsibility. A sacred and ongoing responsibility. To desire, to seek, to work, and to live, to work, and to live, to work, 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 that we indeed receive the Holy Ghost. Sincerely desire to receive the Holy Ghost. Appropriately invite the Holy Ghost into our lives. Faithfully obey God's commandments. Obey God's commandments. 
Obey God's commandments. Obey God's commandments. Obey God's commandments. So there you go. He kind of rocked that, didn't he? I mean, he had yeah, he did some sound and effects going on there. What I like the most is the repetition because there's very little of that in the church. Yeah, and the I got a couple themes. I don't know if you guys caught on to the whole work, 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 obey the commandments, yeah, obey the command. Right. Like that that seemed to be a common theme. It's a commandment. And we say unto you, receive the Holy Ghost. In other words, yeah. Oh, fuck, okay. Yep. You're going to shoot me if I don't or and then you sit there devastated because he didn't feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I don't want to digress too far away from your segment because it happens to be my favorite, which is For Your Information. Wow. Was that too much? No, I actually, Not I, I, I like that. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Uh, I like that. All right, people. Yes. Huh. You might think it's 2020. It is 1949. Okay. On October 8th, General Conference is broadcast on television for the first time. Oh. Hmm. And that's significant since I so enjoyed General Conference last weekend. I still, <laughs> oh my God, I just, I haven't been able to watch the whole thing. It's too much. Too much to dive into. Oh, my God. Okay. 1950 now, May 18th, first presidency letter to make 30% increase in living allowances for general authorities. Of course. (gasps) I can't afford the the beer at the Hotel Utah anymore. (laughs) I... Fuck. And these brothels are out of well, sight. Now hold on. Come a on, you guys. Hold on. We're not doing the brothels anymore. So Well, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go to 1951. First presidency decides effective in two days. No young men of draft age will be recommended for missionary service. As a result, there is an increase of missionary callings to young married men who serve two or more years separated from their wives. I had no idea about that. Me either. I thought being married was one of the things that didn't include you in the draft or that right. exempted nope. you, I should say. So George George kicks the bucket. Uh, April 4th, George Albert Smith dies. And, of course, the next day, and they're getting so much better. It's only April 9th, and the conference, general conference, sustains David O. McKay as church president. Okay. June 7th, <laughs> the first presidency appoints three apostles to administer, hello, second anointings to designated couples. Still going on. Huh. In 1951, second anointings. All right. August 17th, first presidency statement, the church's restriction on Negroid peoples receiving priesthood is not a matter of declaration of policy, 
but of direct commandment from the Lord. However, oh. however, in his biographies of LSD presidents David O. McKay, Harold B. Lee, and Spencer Kimball, First Presidency Secretary Francis M. Gibbons repeatedly refers to this priesthood restriction as a policy. Uh -oh. So wait a minute. Cup He's referring yeah. to it as a policy, but who is clarifying that it's not a policy? It's It's... Doctrine. The first presidency. The first presidency. October 10th, meeting of the 12 discusses previous controversy between President Joseph F. Smith and his second counselor, Charles W. Penrose, over whether it is necessary to confer priesthood before ordaining to office. God gives revelation through the Holy Ghost, but only on certain things. And they never got a revelation on this. And they don't they don't know what to do. It's God. Damn it. Well, yeah. that's really important, though. Oh, that's yeah. Extremely so, important. Okay. You gotta, you gotta so, get that order right because if you do it in reverse, it's all fucked up. Well, it doesn't hold in, in the next life. You yeah. get up there, actually, you think yeah. you're a high priest, and they'll say, hey, <laughs> You you, get, you take a seat with the deacons, you dumbass. You, you did it wrong. Yeah, and then they yeah, point. Or, or when you when you go to the veil and you say, "Power of the priest would be upon me and my past posterity for all generations of time," uh, Christ will be like, "Actually, you don't even have the Melchizedek priesthood. So <laughs> you can't come in." <laughs> they did it wrong. They 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 conferred before. Uh, they ordained, and I'm sorry, but that's on that's on them. And my word is my word. That yeah. actually was on purpose because you're not one of God's special <laughs> children, even though he loves you all equally. Could you just see that? <laughs> he throws the hand up. He's you start the you start the verbiage, right? You're like power in the priesthood be a, uh and he's cut the hand. <laughs> uh, power of the what? <laughs> power of the what? I'm so sorry, Mike. You're not going to enter my kingdom. <laughs> October 16th, uh -oh. Temple Council, Temple Council of the First Presidency, Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and Patriarch, oh my God, they got the Patriarch in on this too, decides mm. to allow beer commercials on the church-owned KSL television station. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Wherever there's a, a nickel involved, let's get involved. Oh, my mm. God. <laughs> November 5th, First Presidency learns of plans by Warner Brothers to make a film about the Mountain Meadow Massacre oh. based on recently scholarly book uh -huh. by LDS Juanita Brooks. Well, probably not active at the time. Within seven days, the First Presidency successfully persuades Hollywood studio to kill the project. I wonder how much that cost. Wow. Mm. We're done with that much information that you uh, didn't know, that you thought you knew. Well, you've just been educated, motherfucker. And now you know. <laughs> now you know. I'm going to start uh. us into this conversation of Poltergeist Heist with a an impactful song that many of us heard as youth in the church. And listen carefully okay. to the lyrics of this song and tell me if they're not fucking disturbing. This is indoctrination for little kids. Ready? Here we go. Oh, God. Through a still small voice, the spirit 
Okay, I'm going to pause it really fast right there. Never mind the cat sounds in the background of David trying to sing along. Um, oh, I thought that was the oh, angelic choir. It reminded me of my old days as a Mormon. The word harmony means? My God. <laughs> so far, so good on the lyrics. That's okay, right? It, through a still small voice, the Spirit speaks to me. Okay, all right. So, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing evil all around me, and I need this little fella, this this ghost, to help me. I need a ghost to save me from save. evil that I see. What the fuck? That mm-hmm. right there just delves directly into kind of creepy land, doesn't it? I I don't know. That Maybe. does. It, it yeah. gets a little. It's yeah. a little cringy. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> if I try to do what's right, he will lead me through. So again, protection. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about the bishop and the interviews I'm about to have with him or any of the other shit going on. I need to <laughs> I need to worry about this unseen phantom out there, this evil. Come on. Does does a, a young child conceive of the idea of evil at such a young age? If I try to do what's right, he'll I, I can invite him to essentially possess me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh he'll he'll share his light with me to my soul here's the yeah. kicker what is defined as good and evil what is defined as is the holy ghost is not defined by those kids it's defined by the leaders mm. and no. by the doctrine exactly. i won't i won't take us through the net it, i think people familiar with the song will know the words listen listen the holy ghost will whisper listen listen to the still small mm. voice you, you know yeah. mitch that's such an excellent point you made yeah. just think of not ever having any influence from uh mormonism or really any religion and would those distinctions ever really show up no uh what we would do is we would notice when things are working or they're not working, but we wouldn't label them good or evil. We'd say, you know, I tried this. It kind of was fucked up. I, there was some pain, whatever. And then Mm -hmm. I tried this and this worked better. So I'm, you know, I'm learning through my experiences, the good and evil thing. Yeah. 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 I don't think so. And I I personally think it's kind of horrific. I know we already made the point. I just have to say again how horrific I think it is that you're teaching a small child they need to be saved from the evil they see. That's just fucking creepy, man. That's just horrific. I what a terrible thing to say to a little kid. Scares the shit out of him. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I don't know what, <laughs> right? What what's what's evil? Papa, what's evil? Oh. <laughs> I just sounded oh, like Nikki. Just knocked at the want? door. <laughs> oh, don't let him in. Don't let him in. <laughs> God damn. So for me, for me, evil was, I even remember, uh, I didn't feel the spirit when I saw my next door neighbor who was not Mormon and he would be out smoking a cigarette on his front oh, porch and I'd be like, like oh, that's an evil. I don't feel the spirit. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back into my yard. <laughs> yeah. 
So Bednar, Lizard Man, as it were, we're using his talk, and we're going to talk about some, these are the major topics today in the remaining time, guys. Who or what is the Holy Ghost? He'll explain that. Dave has some quotes. You've got a quote, Mitch. Uh, the difference between two concepts, the power of the Holy Ghost and the quote-unquote gift of the Holy Ghost, and the church differentiates those. Right. We'll talk about that. The importance of, quote, receiving the Holy Ghost and what's its purpose? How's it supposed to help you? How do you recognize it? This doctrine in the church, right? And then we'll end, mm -hmm. as we always do, talking about some problems with this doctrine and some mind fuckery, mm -hmm. if you will. So that, that's the general approach. So let's start by who or what is the Holy Ghost. So Bednar, in his lizard man-esque style, is going to tell us the answer to that question. Are we ready? Here we go. The Holy Ghost is the third member of the Godhead. He is a personage of spirit and bears witness of all truth. In the scriptures, the Holy Ghost is referred to as the Comforter, a Teacher, and a Revelator. Revelations from the Father and the Son are conveyed through the Holy Ghost. He is the messenger for and the witness of the Father and the Son. Hmm. Okay, so let me, let me add right now perfect timing uh, from Latane Scott, mm -hmm. a book entitled The Mormon Mirage. She has written a piece called The Mormon Holy Ghost. I'm just going to hit the opening paragraph here. Very well written. So it's, it's a perfect commentary on what Lizard Boy just said. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Ghost, the third member of the Godhead. Sounds like I'm quoting his talk. Yeah. Like God the Father and Jesus Christ is also uniquely characterized by Mormons. He is not known by what the Bible shows to be an interchangeable name, the Holy Spirit. Mormons make distinction between the two, despite the fact that both ghost and spirit are translated from a single Greek word, pneuma. The LDS Holy Ghost is the comforter, the medium through which both spiritual and secular knowledge are conveyed to man. He has a spirit body that is in appearance like that of a man. Mm -hmm. This is despite the fact that the Bible never describes the Holy Ghost in images that suggest a male body. Instead, he is pictured as a dove, fire, oil. His agency in bringing about the birth of Jesus shows that this was truly a supernatural event. In the DNC 130.22, it affirms that the Holy Ghost is a personage of spirit. Because this spirit body of intangible yet real matter can only be in one place at a time, the LDS Holy Ghost is of limited dimensions and cannot himself be everywhere present. But then that's in the LDS, you know, the LDS yeah. church, that's what's taught is that he's able to influence everyone simultaneously, omnipresent, as mm. it were. So one mm -hmm. one little fun thing here, this is kind of an aside, and th then I'll be able to close the book. Apostle Heber C. Kimball once said, the Holy Ghost was one of the sons of our Father and God. If that were true, he could properly be referred to as our brother, in the same way that the Mormons call Jesus Christ the elder brother, though I've never heard the Holy Ghost described as such. One thing, Dave, you mentioned, DNC 130, verse 22. And just for those who don't have their, their scriptures handy, 
Damn it, I forgot mine. Yes. Sorry. Uh, Don't do this. Get on that. The Mitch. father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. The son also, but the Holy Ghost has not a body of flesh and bones, but is a personage of spirit. Were it not so, the Holy Ghost could not dwell within us. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so here's the thing. You guys might recall some conversations and warnings by the brethren to not dabble in things like voodoo and Ouija boards and shit like that. And, <laughs> and this idea nope. of being possessed is something that's believed as doctrinal in the church. You can be possessed by an evil spirit, mm -hmm. right? Whatever. So if you think about that doctrine in the Doctrine and Covenants right there for a minute, what we're literally telling people is, we want you to prepare yourself so that you can willingly be possessed <laughs> by this spirit. But he's a good spirit. He will lead you to the light and show you what is right and all that happens. Or shit that we... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the church, one of the church's main doctrines is invitation for members to be possessed, basically. The disagreement doctrinally in the, oh the early God, yeah. years oh, yeah. that no, no one, no one knew because you're essentially describing something that doesn't exist. Yeah. So it's <laughs> open. It's, it's, it's open field day, man. I, I think it's helpful <laughs> yeah. to, to think of that, to put it in perspective sometimes, right? You've got these these guys, and Dave, I recall when you say that, I think back to some episodes of For Your Information, where you your information you shared was about disagreements on that topic. Like yes. what the yep. brethren thought about the nature of the Holy Ghost and who he really was and, and so forth. And it's kind of like arguing mm -hmm. what color of shirt is Santa's favorite elf. You know, it's it's like, you guys realize what you're arguing here, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's common knowledge, though. It's it's green. Well, I know yeah, that, I mean, Mitch. I mean, you well, know. Oh, <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Update, emerald. Sorry. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is oh, green. Oh, wow, I am sorry. Yeah, sorry. I was man. just making a generalization, but I guess that proves a good point that it's, you know, nitpicky. We got we to gotta get the right color. <laughs> of course. But uh, <laughs> I agree 100%. It was so, I mean, other than the basic things that you, you're taught about the Holy Ghost, what is hilarious is, is who the who the fuck is that? Yeah, Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. And I, there are so many theories, and you can call them conspiracy theories. Even I, I heard like once that the the Holy Ghost, it was a calling, and that it wasn't just one person, and that the Lord what? used it as a calling to go through His Spirit children before they went to Earth, and just like shit like that. It was like. Oh yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's. I feel the spirit. You know oh, I think, I who are you? Are you? I think that's Orson Pratt. Orson Pratt uh, said some crazy shit oh in the Journal of Discourses about the Holy Ghost. If you have a mm -hmm. minute, look that up. Uh, wow. Anyway, so in the church, okay, here's the Holy Ghost. Well, what's this about the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost? Well, Bednar is about to explain the difference to us. Are you ready for this? Oh, thank right. God. The Holy Ghost is manifested to men and women on the earth, both as the power and as the gift of the Holy Ghost. The power can come upon a person before baptism. It is the convincing witness that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Redeemer. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, sincere investigators can acquire a conviction of the truthfulness of the Savior's gospel, 
of the Book of Mormon, of the reality of the Restoration, and of the prophetic calling of Joseph Smith. Yeah, so, I remember having that experience when I was seven years old, be before I turned eight, uh, as I was watching Bugs Bunny. Uh, I mean, come on, man. What? Did it, what? Did it possess you? Was it like uh, temporarily? Oh, hello, David. Well, I had You're about had... to get baptized. <laughs> Think it over, boy. What the hell are you doing? No, I didn't get baptized till I was ten because I was actually raised in a fairly inactive family. Anyway, mm, that's yeah. another story. So everybody can feel the power of the Holy Ghost, and it's the thing that witnesses to you that these things are true. So if you think back, it's like the ultimate liar, mm. right? The <laughs> ultimate mean, uh, brainwasher. <laughs> God, on my mission, you'll know by the, the power of the Holy Ghost that these things are true. And then those investigators that were like, yeah, I prayed and I didn't get anything. Or, yeah, I actually got that this isn't for me. <laughs> and, then, and then you're just like, wait a minute, you didn't pray hard enough. Uh, uh, keep yeah. praying until you get the answer that we're feeding you. Do it <laughs> all night, every night, fast, read the scriptures. How, how many oh, How many chapters did you read in the Book of Mormon? No wonder you got that answer. So oh, here, yeah. here it is, straight yeah. up, uh, D&C section 9 to Oliver Cowdery. But behold, I say unto you, that you must study it out in your mind, which that's really contradictory to Mormonism. Don't <laughs> think about anything if you can help it. Yeah. Then you must ask me if it be right. And if it be right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you. Therefore, you shall know that you had lasagna last night. <laughs> but if it be not right, you shall have no such feelings, but you will have a stupid thought. <laughs> If that's the gift of the or the power of the Holy Ghost, what's the gift? And he's going to tell us, Mr. Lizard. Oh, here we go. Thank you, Lizard boy. This, this is the gift. Mm. The gift of the Holy Ghost is bestowed only after proper and authorized baptism by the laying on of hands by those holding the Melchizedek priesthood. We all know from being in the church what the gift is really supposed to be, which means we used to describe the gift as kind of fleeting. It would come in and testify of truth. But for example, Mitch, back to your mission field, you know, story, when mm -hmm. the missionaries leave, the spirit leaves, you know, kind of thing. Like it comes and goes. It's a fleeting thing. You can mm -hmm. feel it. It'll come and testify as you're reading a scripture or something, but then it kind of goes. Whereas the gift, we used to explain it, if you do all the prerequisites, and Bednar's going to remind us what those are, if you do all the prerequisites, you can literally have the Holy Ghost with you all the fucking time. That's the gift. Mm. That sounds scary, actually, but... Okay. Constant possession. The gift for me is when I take a shit and there's I wipe and there's nothing. That's the gift. <laughs> <laughs> ever ever since uh, you know, every once in a while, uh, every once in a blue moon, I'll take a big shit and then I'll wipe and I'll be like, <gasps> the gift, <laughs> the gift <laughs> of the spirit. So, so yeah. Anyway, so there's a difference and basically constant companionship or the ability to have such versus not having constant companionship. That's kind of the divider between the gift of the Holy Ghost and, and just the power. Lizard Man yeah. goes on to describe the importance of receiving the Holy Ghost, that injunction that he talked about in his rap. 
So let's see what he says about this. Ordinance of confirming a new member of the church and bestowing the gift of the Holy Ghost is both simple and profound. Worthy Melchizedek priesthood holders place their hands upon the head of an individual. Hold on a second. Worthy, worthy. Melchizedek worthy. priesthood holders? Yeah, that's, that's what hit me too. And we oh. know they're worthy because... Oh, yeah. because of the Holy Ghost. That's when the deacon who's holding the microphone, he's like, oh, shit, drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> There's no worthy Melchizedek priesthood. Are you, is anybody worthy right this second? Okay, hurry. <laughs> okay, anyway. let's And call him or her by name. Then in the authority of the Holy Priesthood and in the name of the Savior, the individual is confirmed a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this important phrase is uttered. Here we go. Receive the Holy Receive. Ghost. Be possessed. <laughs> I command you to receive. Okay. Uh, back to it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to play that whole clip. He talks about receiving the Holy Ghost. So how do we keep it? Uh, once we get it, like, how do you keep, because the gift means you can keep the companionship of the Holy Ghost with you. Well, Mr. Lizard is going to tell us how to keep the Holy Ghost with mm. us all yeah, the time. Finally. Yeah. Finally. I've been wondering about this. I wondered in the yeah. church when I was active about this. Let's see what he says. You and I should strive to become like the stripling warriors described in the Book of Mormon, who did perform every word of command with exactness. Yea, and even according to their faith, it was done unto them. And they are strict to remember the Lord their God from day to day. Yea, they do observe to keep his statutes and his judgments and his commandments continually. Ah. Mm. Ah. That's how you keep it. Follow the prophet. Follow the prophet. So back to OCD, right? Are we back on OCD again? I, I guess. We, okay. Just just yeah. be perfect in following the commandments, and you'll always have the Holy Ghost. No, 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 no. Be strict. Oh. Come on, Mike. Okay. Don't put words into Bednar's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk in the last few minutes here about how fucked up this doctrine is. Uh like many doctrines, it's taught from a very young age. You're taught about the gift of the Holy Ghost, even before your baptism age. That's the culminating act, right? Yes, you're baptized, but what really completes the baptism is the baptism of fire, you know, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you have this companion to be with you always and save you from the evil you might see and so mm. forth. <laughs> Um, let's start there. I mean, is wait, that... Wait a minute. You, you said baptism of fire and companion with you. Are you talking about whiskey? Yes. Actually, that was in the adult session. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank uh, you. We're Thank talking you. about the... Wanted to clarify. Yeah. Clarify. The adult session. You graduate. Mm -hmm. You graduate to whiskey. Um, so let's talk about that for just a second. I mean, anything harmful in that? So the entire thing goes back to... I get to feel unworthy. I get to feel shame. Mm -hmm. No one it ever, I, I can't imagine unless somebody's completely fucking delusional, yeah. like Lizard Boy, <laughs> that they are actually worthy of this pretentious gift. No, no one can do that. So 
especially all the time, uh, right? If you were to ask anybody, hey, raise your hand if you feel the Holy Ghost most of the day, every day, right? And you might get that nerdy guy. Remember the nerdy guy in every ward who would raise his uh, hand? Yes, I feel the Spirit all the time. <laughs> I always read the Book of Mormon and uh, I pray every night. <laughs> uh, we can see what that's done for you, by the way. <laughs> I'm excited to go see the temple and get married and have eternal salvation. I think I think it goes back to to that uh, uh, from the very start. Uh, it, whether you're eight years old or a convert, and at the ordinance itself, and you're like, uh, "Shit, I didn't feel anything." Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah. that, that's the ensuing story throughout your life. Uh, you're like. Uh, well, I went through all these steps. I read the Book of Mormon. I read Moroni's Promise, whatever it might be. Uh, God, I, I could. Pre- oh, well, that's it. I'll pretend. Well, yeah. there's that. I um, feel like there's a mix, right? And and a lot of doctrines in the church are this way because again, you're dealing with something that's just make believe, right? So you're you're mind fucking people. You're telling them you're supposed to feel this way. This kind of thing is mm-hmm. supposed to happen, right? You're laying up all these guidelines about the way they should be feeling and thinking and, and the things they should be experiencing. And so in my mind, one of the ways I thought about it recently, as I was thinking about this topic for the episode, was it's almost like you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're in this constant mindset in the church constant. where you're, okay, if I just do, if I just obey, if I'm a little better at genealogy... I'm really sucking on that. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm a little better at the word of wisdom or whatever your thing is, right? At that time, yeah. if I'm just, be- then the other shoe will drop and I'll actually feel the spirit more or I'll actually have, you know, and sometimes I felt like that shoe dropped. Oh, oh, there it is. I feel the, fe- I feel the spirit. Right. And so you gaslight yourself basically. And you mm-hmm. just have this constant, and then it leaves, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, there I am again. I don't have the spirit again. I, I got to listen to Bednar. I got to obey more strictly, you know, and, and it... Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah, and what, what, what's so harmful, though, it, uh, including everything that's been said, is I believe that this doctrine that's taught and how it's taught is one of the ways that the Mormon church... Actually, I think it's one of the main ways that the Mormon church indoctrinates and controls you because you're essentially telling you, I mean, you just those snippets of Bednar's talk alone, essentially telling you that the spirit by their definition is what you should follow. So yeah. you are in turn essentially learning to doubt yourself. It's mm. an indoctrination. You're mm-hmm. doubting your own, your own, uh, conscience your own mind your own heart if it goes against what the brethren say it's like oh the spirit left yeah and it's so damaging my god that i had that thought about six minutes Mm. ago and then i it just passed over but exactly when you have that other shot of whiskey you're you're, (laughs) uh you're dis yeah you're disenfranchised i don't know what the word is you're uh hijacked uh, to, to use that word again your faculties, your ability to reason for yourself, to use your own logic, mm-hmm. to, uh, your own powers of perception, mm-hmm. of discretion, of discernment are just fucking nullified. Yeah. No, nope, no, nope, it's all this ghost. 
Yeah, guy. They're, they're stolen. He's going to do it all for you. Yeah, they're yeah. stolen from you. I mean, it, Mitch, I recall an experience you shared when you were doing the threesome. That is the Mormon talk threesome that we recorded. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. oh, we're going there? Yeah. I thought uh, that was no, more I, private. But. Well, first of all, I can't even count how many to go there with. But, you know, I'm talking about the Mormon talk <laughs> episode. So when you talked about, like, your experience with your, your ex-wife where you're dating, whatever, mm-hmm. And this, Dave and I were talking about this earlier before the show, uh, and I think I want to at least touch on this and, and maybe end on this. I don't know. Um, this battle of there is a real, whatever you want to call it, I don't think any of us fully, completely, 100% understands all the nuances about it, but I think everybody would raise their hand in an audience of a thousand random people and say, yeah, I've had this experience where whatever you want to call it, my gut, my instinct, my conscience, my, you know, my inner self, whatever you want to call it, I, I felt this way or I was guided this way or whatever. And so that's happening because that's real in these people's lives mm-hmm. as they grow up in the church, right? Whatever. And then they're also taught, I'm going to call it a conflicting doctrine or a conflicting teaching about this Holy Ghost character. And mm-hmm. I thought of that when you shared your, you know, experience about dating your your the the woman who would become your wife and you you had that gut and those times when your call it your inner self again whatever was saying there's not the chemistry here or there's not the connection here and instead mm-hmm. of actually following that which would probably be most of our advice to somebody today. Yeah, dude, if you feel something, you know, listen to that at least, right? Like uh-huh. maybe don't make a rash decision just based on that one instance, but at least listen, at least think about it, right? Yeah. And so you had, uh-huh. yeah, you had that opportunity, like this window of opportunity, but then here comes the gaslighting and the, and this false bullshit about that you've been taught your whole life about the Holy ghost. And so that comes in mm-hmm. and it, it trumps your real voice. It trumps, if you want to call it the real spirit, right? And yeah, and and you well, second guess yourself. And right? as we were talking earlier, Michael, it it is, <laughs> it is a still, small voice because you're talking about the real st- your real inner stillness. Inner self. If yeah. you if you read any Eckhart Tolle or uh, in Buddhist teachings and that stillness is where truth is found it mm-hmm. is in the stillness and the, the center of your soul your solar plexus chakra your heart chakra yeah. your inner knowing mm-hmm. is is where it's at and if you successfully and repeatedly shut that down guess what yeah it, it goes away yeah it, <laughs> it could be a uh, you know it's akin to the false teachings that the lady brought up in the tribune about the OCD advice, right? Like you're being mm-hmm. given advice your whole life, which is actually contradictory to, again, whatever you want to call it, your inner voice that you should be listening to, that you should be paying attention to. And yeah. And yeah. how, in- Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that was, that was it. Yep. Oh, uh, I was, uh, how infuriating. And I know this is pointing back a little, but the indoctrination Bednar literally spells it out. And as members, I'm sure all three of us can sit back now out of the church and uh, we are going, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Like, are you kidding? (laughs) Do people not see this brainwashing tactic? It's literally saying 
the, in layman's terms, he is literally saying, you cannot have a member of the Godhead be with you at all times if you don't obey us. That's what he's saying. Yeah, you're right. We, If we're not obeying the leaders, the gospel interpreted as interpreted by the leaders, the book, the book of Mormon as interpreted by the leaders, mm-hmm. if we're not obeying and walking the way we should walk and the way we should talk, then essentially they're saying, uh, you might have the power of the Holy Ghost, but the gift of the Holy Ghost that's what you need to get to heaven. Mm. And if you don't have that, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's just like, now I sit back and I, it's a, like a mind fuck. I'm like, make, can make people not see this? Like he, it's, yeah. no. it's so cringy. We, it's so we terrible. Didn't see it. We didn't see it for it's a true. long time. Yeah. Now th- think about this. Let's say, uh, uh, hello, fiction land. You are this person who is worthy in every way and does uh, retain this constant gift in your mind, who's, right? Who's running your life? Are you running your life? No. Or is this no. ghost member of the Godhead, Celestial Casper, running the show? Right. And mm-hmm. think about what that means. It means exactly what you said, Mitch, because what is that feeling? So imagine that member, right? The nerdy guy who raises his hand. Yeah, I always feel the spirit, you know, whatever. And there's people, there's, or there may be times in someone's life as a member where they really feel spot on. They really feel like, I'm doing a good job, you know, obeying the commandments. I'm, I'm pretty much getting this. And what that gift of the Holy Ghost or what they're interpreting as such basically comes right back around to what you said, Mitch. What that really means is they're feeling that way at that time in their life as an active member because they're doing everything they've been told. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the feeling. The feeling is, okay, I'm pretty sure I'm following everything I've been told. So so what they've been told is leading their life, to your point, Dave. It's not them. Yeah. It's no. not their choices, their you're, true you're self. You're not living an their, authentic life. No, they're not living and, an authentic life. They're living the same life that everybody is supposed to live as they follow what and, the brethren say. Yeah, And yeah. coupled with a community, surrounded by a community and a family, mm. that that's how you're accepted. Of course, oh, as yeah. kids, when you're indoctrinated from kids on, of course, you're going to feel that burning in your bosom because you're accepted. You're loved. Mm, you, you know, yeah. oh, look, Mitch, Mitch read the scriptures and he's saying that he felt the spirit. Oh, everyone gather around Mitch and say, you know, he's he's so special. He's so wonderful. Oh, Mitch decided he's deciding to get baptized by his own free will. Oh, everyone, let's, mm. let's <laughs> gather around Mitch and go and, and have a get family get together. And so you're that couple that this very damaging teaching and doctrine coupled yeah. with the community of like this is what you're supposed to do yeah. and if you don't you're not accepted but as long as you're accepted of course you're going to feel good you're going to feel good all the fucking time you're going to be like yeah i'm doing what everyone wants me to do and myself included because i brainwashed myself now oh so, no kidding man. can you say the word cult <laughs> oh god yes i mean and i think about common examples that a lot of our listeners will will recall or be familiar with i mean go all the way back to like pavlov's dogs right his dog experiments uh, mm-hmm. where they receive the same repeat stimulus and rewards or lack of rewards you know go think back to i always forget the man's name who did that famous experiment i think it was at uc berkeley or one of the ucs where he put the ad in the paper and he said, hey, I'm doing this experiment, this, you know, this mock role play thing. Some of you are going to be prisoners mm-hmm. and some of you are going to be guards. Right. 
Remember right, that whole thing. Right. And so yeah. you're in this group, and the whole group, to your point, Mitch, is like, okay, we're all dogs. Ruff, 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 ruff. And you all think you are and act like you are and say you're supposed to be, even though you're really people, but you're not mm-hmm. supposed to be a person, and you're supposed to be a dog. And so when the kid does his first bark, oh, good job, Mitch, you're barking like a dog, as you are. Well, mm-hmm. he's really a person, but you told him he should be a dog. You know, and it, it's that... You know, well, I wouldn't punish those people normally, but since I'm a guard, I'm punishing them. But what? Why? That's not the real you. But I'm so supposed to punish example, them. great example, Michael, except yeah. you got the wrong animal. Oh, right. <laughs> right. It's a good thing I got those things finally staying in the fence because I... Oh, oh shit. I just there cursed they are again. myself. I just fucking cursed God myself. God damn it, Mike. You guys help me out over here. Yeah. Right. No, this is on you, dude. <laughs> if you were listening to the spirit, you would have known the fence was broken. Oh, <laughs> nice, Dave. Mm, nice. A metaphor for life. Uh, is your fence broken and are your sheep wandering? Um, if, if you want, I can share a quote. It's not, it is about the spirit, but it also coincides with uh, church history. Um, something that Packer said. Packer, are you here? Yeah, he was just right here. God damn it. Packer! Uh, sorry. I'm, I can't move very well. Uh, yeah, he's getting old. What was that you wanted to tell us um, about the spirit, Packer? Those who have the spirit can recognize very quickly whether something is missing in a written church history. This, in spite of the fact that the author may be a highly trained historian and the reader is not. Some things that are true are not, are not very <laughs> useful. One of these days, Packer, I want, I want you to explain how some things that are true are not useful. I mean, I get the whole, honey, does this, make, does this dress make my ass look big? Does this information make the church look fat? Just <laughs> right. Okay. All right. It suddenly makes sense. We'll talk to everybody later. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, <laughs> everybody.